Management and Fairways of Woodside. Now to take you around the course. Live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at Radio City. Alongside Stephen Watson, here's Gabe Neitzel. Seventy-one damn near perfect holes of golf and one beautifully timed spasm from Mito Pereira. Good evening, everybody. Welcome into On the Tee here, 94.5 ESPN. No Gabe Neitzel. He's across the pond. No Stephen Watson. He's on assignment. Hopefully playing some golf somewhere. Hopefully. So in for you tonight is your cousin subs of the evening on On the Tee, Brian D and Nolan Murphy. And Nolan, what a show we get to fill in for the boys on off of what became a super dramatic and fun and chaotic PGA Championship Sunday. And... For the first couple of rounds, the leaderboard was okay, but then Mito Pereira looked like he was just in control, and I was fearful that we were going to get one of those rounds where some guy we've never really heard of just kind of runs away with it and makes the tournament a little boring on Sunday, and boy, oh boy, was I wrong. Were we all in for a chaotic roller coaster of a ride on Sunday afternoon? Yeah, we got a gift from the golf gods after a pretty, you know, not boring weekend, but Tiger withdraws. We'll get into that. And you have this leaderboard of uh, no major winners ever. And then out of nowhere, one shot off the biggest comeback ever in a major, which would have been eight. Justin Thomas, seven strokes back on Sunday. According to Golf Digest, a 1% chance of winning crazy. the tournament. He comes out of nowhere. And the crazy thing is, Brian, to get to a playoff, he actually missed some putts. Yeah. He he missed multiple birdie looks in that back nine. He missed a putt on 18, which you're talking about theater. For him to hit two perfect shots, to just have a shot at getting to six, and he's let down, he waits 35 minutes, and then poor Mito Pereira, uh, the young guy from Chile. He will never forget no. that swing on 18. You know, it, it's amazing to think, too, I'm glad you bring up the putt on 18 from Justin Thomas. Um, it's amazing to think if he knocks that down, he wins. Right? There's no playoff. He gets to six under, and there is no playoff with Will Zalatoris. Uh, there is no driving the green on the second playoff hole. There is no drama in the three-hole aggregate playoff. It's a wrap right there just because of how badly Mito Pereira threw up all over his shoes with that one swing, that one drive on 18. So, let, so let's walk it through. Let's walk it back. We've gotten ahead of ourselves. Justin Thomas, he wins. Second career major championship, both at the PGA. And you outlined it, Nolan. You're, he was seven shots back uh, waking up on Sunday morning. So you're, you're thinking, let me go out and enjoy myself. I'm not going to chase these guys down, but let me try and make a little let, money. Let me shoot a 65, 66, get a top 10, top 15, the Rory McIlroy special, which he did yesterday by finishing yes. in the top 10. Rory was three under through nine, yeah. which was just perfect. JT, six under in the last 13 holes, including three playoff holes. First guy ever in a playoff uh, to go birdie, birdie. So impressive. But yeah, to get back to there, you felt like Justin Thomas at times was running out of gas, running out of time. I think in the last nine holes, we had Pereira, Justin Thomas, Cam Young, and Zalatoris all leading at one point. Cam Young, who I think is the forgotten person in all of this. For sure. If he doesn't make a double on the back nine, he wins this outright. And he kind of went for that, uh, I believe, on 15. But yeah, it's just so impressive, I think, uh, out of JT, you know, to shoot that Sunday best 63. 
Uh, he jumps to fifth in the world. I mean, it, it was it's really a monumental day for a guy that's a Ryder Cup uh, mainstay and, you know, a USA legend. It's something he'll never forget because for sure. it's his second major, and he, it puts him somewhere way different than everybody else. Yeah, and I, I think he's always going to want more, and he's still only 29 years old, right? So he wants to really solidify himself outside of the PGA Championship with a Masters, with a U.S. Open, with an Open Championship like his buddy Jordan Spieth has done, right? Um, but... Uh, the, the thing that makes it most impressive for me, Nolan, from a mentality perspective, is he really had to do some self-searching Saturday night. And he talked with his caddy, Bones, on the range after I did, I shot 75 on Saturday. Like, it yeah, was him and Rory good. blew up. They both were was terrible. in contention going into Saturday. And he talked after winning yesterday about how he was on the range late Saturday night with Bones, his caddy. And Bone said, dude, you got to stop being so hard on yourself. Like, you're quite literally gripping the club too tight. You need to give yourself a little forgiveness on some of these bad shots. You don't have to be perfect. And those words seem to work wonders for JT on Sunday. He storms back and wins the whole damn thing. Uh, let's get into Mito here because he was perfect. For 71 holes, he was leading the tournament. He's 8 under on 18 or 7-under on 18 after making a couple of bogeys down the stretch. And I don't think I've ever seen, and we've seen some pretty horrific, uh, you know, debacles late in golf tournaments and major championships. This was Greg Norman-esque. Yes. Um, that was the worst swing I think I've ever seen in a big-time moment. Yeah. It, it looked I, painful. It yes. looked almost painful the way he swung. Like he was going to break his wrists the way he finished the swing. The best description I saw was from Kyle Porter, who uh, is a CBS golf reporter. He tweeted that uh, somebody said as Mito was walking off the tee that it looked like he got electrocuted at impact with the golf ball. And it, it, that's perfect. Like it, it looked like shockwaves went through his body and his follow through. It was almost like he was swinging a baseball bat. Like it came through at his waist and not above his shoulder where it should be. It was just an aesthetically disgusting golf swing and the biggest swing of his life, right? Like all you have to do is not put it in the water. All you got to do is make bogey to get to a playoff. Correct. And don't hit driver there. I was impressed to get, you know, to go back before we got there with Mito. You know, he had some trouble on that front nine. He went bogey, bogey, 7-8, bounces back, you know, as he makes the turn, has another bogey, makes a par. I loved on 17, a drivable par 4. He went for it. He got a great bounce, and you're like, you know, wow, this guy looks like Colin Morikawa from Harding Park, where he's just going to take advantage of the opportunity, not play conservative, and go out and win a major. Surgical. And, and it, you know, from what I heard today, a lot of people felt like, in the golf world, you know, that almost falls in the caddy. You need a caddy there to be telling Mito, hey, man, let's hit an iron here. Let's make four, worst case five. You know, we live to play in this three aggregate playoff. And, and that wasn't the case. You know, the saving grace, though, for Mito is he gets into the top 50 of the overall goal, uh, world golf rankings. He will play in the U.S. Open. It'll be the first time uh, there'll be two players in the U.S. Open from Chile, which is an amazing achie achievement. You felt bad for his fellow countryman, uh, Joaquin Neiman, who was on the broadcast yes. yesterday. He was in so much pain. On the 10th hole watching Mito, and to think what he was even thinking and saying yeah. on 18 is remarkably you know, sad. I'm glad you brought that up. That was almost the hardest part to watch because they had him there. Like, this is a coronation for Chilean golf. This is a coronation for South American golf. This is going to be an awesome moment. It, and, and it just goes to show you how, control, how much control he was in all day and really all weekend. It was like, we can do this. With a lot of safety. We'll bring his buddies in and we'll coronate him and this this would be great. 
and, and it all just fell apart with one bad golf swing. Yeah, it, it's what golf the normal golf fan wanted though is to see JT, you know, go For into sure. a playoff with Will Zalatoris, who we've barely spent time on. You know, he's the he is the the second guy. He's the Robin to this whole story. Uh, but it ended up, I think, saving uh, which was a weird weekend at Southern Hills with tee boxes behind putting greens, a PGA Tour players, reporters getting hit with balls, very wacky weather, a lot of wind. Um, I don't know if the PGA will go back to Tulsa anytime soon. I just thought it felt like an odd weekend to be in Oklahoma in May. For sure. And we'll get into this whole change of the PGA Championship and where it falls in the calendar year and what that might mean for Wisconsin coming up here on the, on the tee. So before that, though, we've gotten to JT, your champion. We've gotten to Will Zalatoris, the, 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 the scapegoat, so to speak. Or if, if you view it this way, the hero of the weekend that saved a lot of, uh, a lot of fun in the last hour. Uh, Will Zalatoris... Uh, I think is a guy that has become a fan favorite on the PGA Tour. He's 25 years old. He kind of burst onto the scene at the Masters a couple of years back. He looks like Happy Gilmore's caddy, uh, you know. Uh, and Owen Wilson. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's just a fun-loving, goofy guy that probably weighs 92 pounds, soaking wet. Uh, but he's got game. And the one putt that I think gets forgotten in this entire, uh, you know, crazy last two hours of golf is Will Zalatoris made like a 12 or 13 footer on 18 to save par that ultimately got him into the playoff. And that was all shaking out as Pereira was making bogeys down the stretch. So Zalatoris knew in that moment, look, I might still be in the mix here, and I need to knock this down. That might have been the most clutch shot or putt of the entire tournament. Was Zalatoris making that 10 or 12 footer on 18 to save par? Yeah, Will Zalatoris is the best roller coaster on the tour right now. He is what Phil used to be in Bubba Watson. He hits some of the worst shots you'll see on tour and puts himself in places, double crosses that he pulls left. You know, all the places you felt like you saw him on Sunday, but he makes some of the most remarkable hooks and draws and slices of the golf ball that you'll see. I mean, his car path save on five, I mean, that ruins most people's wedges. I thought that was remarkable. He had a crazy par save on eight. And Brian, on 16, this is the whole thing with Zalatoris. Watching him putt gives me nightmares. He missed a, a, a gimme, a bunny for the traditional golfer out there. You and I and Max could all probably make this putt not under that pressure. No. But his putting and it is just atrocious and for he said after the broadcast, I know I can do this. We're going to get one soon as in a major because yeah. He has five top eights in his seven career majors. He's right there, and he's still so young. But you're right. He's, he's not going to get there with the putting. He's got to fix the putting. And there was a, a close-up, slow-mo shot of his putting stroke on like a like a, a tap-in. I think it was during the playoff. And it looked like he was Harry Potter waving the Wingardium Leviosa wand behind the ball <laughs> on his backswing. It was like, that putter is everywhere. Just calm down, dude. It's going to be okay. Yeah, I have a tough time when they go close-up on CBS or NBC or ESPN+. Plus When they show the mallet hit the ball. You have no idea where that thing is going to no. go. So if Zalatoris can clean that up, I mean, he's most likely going to be on a President's Cup team this year, hopefully on a Ryder Cup team in the future. His shot making uh, is just very reminiscent also of what JT can do with an iron. Sure. For sure. So let's start here. And Max Meyerson, our producer of On the T Always, uh, let's get this up on Twitter at ESPN Milwaukee. What best describes how you feel as a golf fan coming out of the PGA Championship? Are you elated for Justin Thomas, which I think 
we all are, uh, to see one of the young, scrappy Americans who became such a fan favorite, I think, too, at the Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits. I mean, he's he's a bulldog out there hyping up the crowd. So that's number one. Do you feel elated for Justin Thomas that he gets his second major championship? Do you feel sick for Mito? Do you feel hopeful for Will Zalatoris? Because he's really put some awesome performances on some scorecards over the last couple of seasons and years. Or did you just stop watching after Tiger Woods dropped out of the tournament on Saturday night? We'll get that Twitter poll up at ESPN Milwaukee. Take it right now and we'll dive further into Tiger's weekend. Coming up next, this is On the Tee on 94.5 ESPN. Brian D. and Nolan Murphy in for Gabe and Steven. The opening segment was brought to you by Heartland Movement Center. Improve your golf game with a personalized approach from their experienced team. Learn more at heartlandmovementcenter.com. On the Tee with Gabe and Steven continues next on 94.5 ESPN. On 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Nolan, we made it. We did. Golf weather is finally it, here. Uh, golf weather Saturday. I I'm you know kind of soft about it sometimes. What's Yesterday, your bar? What's what's your personal barometer? Are you like a Tom Brady where it's like if it's not 75 and sunny, I'm not teeing it up? Oh no, 60 degrees. But okay. it, yeah, 60 so degrees even is today. My... Like let's let's use today as a referendum. It was like 53, not a breath of wind, sunny and no clouds all day. And you're like, ah, it's a little too chilly for me. Yeah, case. it was chilly. I walked outside wow. for lunch. Uh, yeah, I'm soft. I'm a baby. Uh, it ties back to my Florida days living there for a couple That's years. Fair. But you know, I know a ton of other people are playing golf at Fairway Woodside. No doubt, no doubt about yeah. it. And if you get out to the Fairways of Woodside in Sussex, they'll keep you warm in the clubhouse with a cold beer. Just. Just the indoors of the turn is perfect. Great atmosphere, great food, drink menu, amazing hospitality. Get out there, golf with your buddies all summer long. Fairwaysofwoodside.com. And Fairways is a great spot because they have indoor simulators. So if you get there in a day, maybe you play nine, you get rained out, you walk inside. Uh, I'm sure the whole crew at Fairways of Woodside would take care of you. You cannot beat that. So we spent our first segment this evening, Nolan, and on the team. By the way, Brian D. Nolan Murphy in for Gabe and Steven here on On the Tee this evening. Spent our first segment recapping the final round of the PGA Championship that saw 29-year-old American Justin Thomas lift his second Wanamaker trophy. Uh, one golfer that was not out there was Tiger Woods. And he is one of the options on our Twitter poll, by the way, at ESPN Milwaukee. What most accurately describes how you feel coming out of this PGA Championship? Are you elated for JT? Are you just sick for Mito Pereira, who puked all over his shoes on 18. Are you hopeful for Will Zalatoris and what his career might pan out? Or did you just stop watching after Tiger withdrew after the third round? And did, uh, just a, a gross round of golf. And you, you could kind of see this coming, right, Nolan? All weekend and even Thursday and Friday, he was hobbling around. and just not, did not look 100%. Yeah, I think Tiger didn't get the weather he had hoped, having a golf tournament in May in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He definitely played here, I believe, because he won in 2007. He just does not look healthy right now. I would put, if we were doing you know, an ESPN Milwaukee Twitter poll question, under 25% chance that Tiger plays uh, at the Country Club in Brookline. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just think it is very unlikely. I think he needs to get healthy, and he knows what's in his sights. You know, that's St. Andrews, the old course, the 150th ever Open Championship, a place that he has said— Many of times is his favorite golf course in the world. 
I'd be pretty surprised if we see him before St. Andrews. A place that Gabe Neitzel is hacking up for him right now across the pond in Scotland, and we'll check in with Gabe later in the program. But let, let's dive a little deeper into this here. It is time. What is it time for, Max? What are we doing? All about the drive. All about the drive. Sometimes it's all about the drive. But off the tee, it's all about the drive. The best and biggest shots of the weekend. That house is like 400 yards away. Is that good? That's unbelievable. It's all about the drive. On On the Tee is brought to you by Ewald Automotive. Shop the Ewald Automotive Group, home of the 20-year, 200,000-mile limited warranty on all new vehicles. Visit any of their eight locations today, in-store or online at ewaldautomotive.com. Ewald Automotive. We make it easy. I know one guy who probably wishes it was all about the drive on Sunday afternoon. That would be Mito Pereira. Yeah, Mito Pereira. Give me one. He will never forget that, I want to call it like a pole slice drive. They were examining it on the broadcast where it almost he almost got down to one knee, it felt like. Yes. It was like, uh, it was like Alex Ovechkin from The Office in hockey. You know, he was just kind of, he, he, he stepped on it. He squished the bug. It was just a disgusting golf swing in the worst moment possible. He needed the Tiger Stinger there, right there. He did. He, he needed did. the Tiger Stinger 3-4 iron, and he'd be, you know, so uh, a major champion right now. Let's let's dive a little deeper, Nolan, into Tiger Woods and the Stinger, uh, and how many of those we're going to see from here on out from Tiger Woods. Because you're right, I do think there is a very low chance that he plays the U.S. Open next month, and he kind of gears himself up for the Open Championship for all the reasons you just stated. Um, I'm really curious to see just how competitive he can be going forward because we all got excited about the Masters, right? And that's his backyard. He treats it like his own course. Uh, And he played fine. He didn't play great. He was in contention and made the cut through Friday. And then it it fell apart on the weekend. But just finishing and playing there seemed like a massive success. Um, This was not. He didn't play particularly well at any point down there in Oklahoma this past weekend. Well, I think it was a success to some degree. I mean, he made the cut. Look at all the guys that didn't make the cut this week, including Patrick Cantley. I mean, you were talking about guys in the top ten who did not make a cut in the major. Yes, but that's not why he's out there. You're right. right? You're correct. Tiger's not teeing it up just to make cuts and withdraw on Saturday. Tiger's teeing it up every time, and he said as much at the Masters because he feels like he has a chance to win. And quite frankly, he wasn't close. Even though he made the cut, he was not close this past weekend down there in Oklahoma, and I just I start to wonder, it, should you just shut it down and try and get as close to healthy as you possibly can? Because we're not that far removed from that car accident that nearly took his life a little over a year ago now, right? And anybody that's golfed, and Nolan, you and I and Max, we've been fortunate to golf some of these premier courses we have in the state of Wisconsin. Aaron Hills, for example, I played their back-to-back days for my brother's bachelor party two years ago. And... We did a little drinking on the golf course, but the thing that beat me up the most was walking two rounds of golf back-to-back at a place like Aaron Hills. Like, it's not just like rolling out there with your buddies at Brown Deer or the fairways of Woodside. It's a little more strenuous than yeah. that on your body. Championship-level golf courses. These are insane. And I think Tiger did get hurt by the weather. I think if the weather doesn't turn the way it did, Saturday at the PGA reminded you of Saturday, Saturday at Augusta. It 58 degrees. Those guys that live in Florida most of the year, they don't want to play golf in that. Sure. You're right, though. Did did, like, did Tiger push it too much? Did he need to play this week? No. But I think he is the ultimate you know, theatrical genius, and he loves the idea. I mean, if Tiger were to have won the PGA Championship, it would have been wall-to-wall the biggest story in sports today. Mm-hmm. And it would have been the biggest story in sports tomorrow. And that's what I think keeps him going in the record to pass Jack. 
For sure. Um, now, the other uh, silver lining of all of this is we've had conversations forever, especially in the lulls of Liger, Tiger's career for a variety of reasons, right? Whether it be injuries, stuff off the course, whatever it is. Whenever he's been away from the golf course for a while, we always have these conversations about golf without Tiger. Can golf survive and be relevant without Tiger Woods out there? Uh, I think yesterday's final round is an example of how it can be. Now, Tiger needs to be involved, and one of the ways he was involved is uh, Tiger's closest personal friend on tour and dude that he advises and treats like a little brother out there is Justin Thomas. And you saw Justin Thomas before he even got to sign his scorecard. He was on the cell phone with Tiger Woods yesterday, right? So Tiger was in some way kind of involved in yesterday's proceedings on Sunday. And I think he has to be relevant for golf to remain relevant. But we also saw some really entertaining stuff down the stretch that did not personally involve Tiger Woods. And that makes me hopeful for life after Tiger, whatever it might look like. Yeah, I'm extremely hopeful for life after Tiger playing week to week. You know, we don't even have that anymore. Tiger will be, you know, he'll remain to stay involved in the tour. He loves golf too much. We'll also get the Charlie effect at some point, I think, like we're getting with Bronny James right now, LeBron James's uh, oldest son. But I think, you know, you look at yesterday, you know, Mito Pereira is a product of the PGA Latin American Tour. That never happens without Tiger Woods. So Tiger's legacy will continue to live on. That's why he's not part of the Live Golf Tour to date. You know, his legacy is, you know, Jack's legacy, to, in his opinion, is growing and creating the PGA Tour. Tiger's legacy is growing the PGA Tour outside of, you know, the United States and Europe. That's what he's responsible for day to day. And I think that's probably what he's the most proud of. So that will continue. I just don't think, I would be shocked if we ever see Tiger play in a non-major event. Are there even events that you could pinpoint? Uh, like, do, you think we'll, yeah. do, you, do you think we'll see Ryder Cup again? Uh, I don't think... I don't know that... Yeah. They, as crazy as it sounds, I don't think Team USA needs him anymore. No, I don't think... And I think Tiger would tell you that. Unless yeah. he was extremely healthy, the only tournament that you could maybe make a case for him playing is the Memorial. He's close with sure. Jack. Uh, you could see him playing Arnie's tournament. Uh, the players, his, yeah, maybe. The yeah. players. But, again, you're not going to see him playing Charles Schwab no. the week after a PGA championship, which is the next stop in the tour. So this is the world you know, that we live with, the Tiger. And I think we look forward to the week-to-week updates. We look forward to the photos uh, of him hanging out in Jupiter and spotted on a course with Charlie. That mystique and that drama keeps us going. No doubt about it. There you go. That is all about the jive presented by our friends at Ewald Automotive. Take our poll on Twitter at ESPN Milwaukee. What most accurately describes how you're feeling after this PGA Championship? Are you happy for JT? Do you feel bad for Mito? Are you hopeful for Zalatoris? Or do you not care because Tiger dropped out on Saturday night? We will check in on the results of that poll on the other side. And coming up next, the PGA Championship has changed in terms of where it falls in the calendar of the year. What does that mean for Wisconsin's chances of landing another one in the not-too-distant future? I'm actually more hopeful than maybe some others might be. I'll I'll explain on the other side. Brian D. Nolan Murphy in for Gabe and Steven on On the Tee, 94.5 ESPN. Back to the course and On the Tee with Gabe and Steven after this on 94.5 ESPN. This is On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside.
Brian D. Nolan Murphy in as your cousin subs of the day for Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson here on On the Tee on 94.5 ESPN. Presented in part by Annex Wealth Management. Annex Wealth Management, a proud sponsor of On the Tee. It's time to know the difference. Annex Wealth Management provides investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning as a local fee-only fiduciary. It's time to put things in order. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button to, of course, get started. Take your poll on Twitter. It's up right now at ESPN Milwaukee. What best describes how you're feeling as a golf fan? Coming out of this PGA Championship that ended with Justin Thomas hoisting the Wanamaker Trophy. Are you elated for Justin Thomas getting his second major? Do you feel bad for Mito Pereira, who played 71 magnificent holes of golf and then had one bad swing off the tee that ended his chances of winning? Are you hopeful for Will Zalatoris, who's kind of the forgotten man in this whole thing, who... Nolan, you accurately described as a roller coaster, but still made an insanely clutch putt on 18 to get into the playoff, uh, regardless of his ups and downs. Or do you not care at all because Tiger withdrew on Saturday night and he just wasn't out there wearing the Sunday red? Um, at this juncture of the show, 32% of respondents saying they're elated for JT. 31% say they feel bad for Mito. So it's, it's pretty split between... Cool that JT got it done again, but man, was that tough to watch. I don't feel bad for Mito. He he swung the club in 18. Like, <laughs> you know, it was his decision to take driver there. There's a lot of options. Different guys all week played different options, and he had nothing to gain from playing driver nothing. there. So I don't feel bad for Mito. Um, JT, American hero. Truthfully, I'm not the biggest JT guy. I think he's a little hard on fans from time to time. He is. He is, um, you know. I wouldn't say soft, but he lets the fans get in his face and his mind a little bit too much. So I would say I'm hopeful. You know, Will Zalatoris, the game of golf is so, you know, young right now. You think about Scotty Scheffler, what he just did. But two guys yesterday that are going to be um, hopefully part of Ryder Cup teams in the near future, Will Zalatoris and Cam Young, those guys are ready f- to win majors. For they sure. both have. A tremendous record, whether it's in or out of majors, finishing in the top 10. So uh, I'm hopeful for Will Zalatoris. It'll be fun when he puts on, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, green jacket, hosts up, you know, hoist the Wanamaker trophy. You talked about him being 92 pounds soaking wet. I mean, he is definitely one of the smaller golfers on tour. But you look at JT, he's not a big guy. Abe Anser, who was in the mix at some point over the weekend. Uh, So I was thinking about this yesterday, but some of these jockeys, you know, or not jockeys, but some of these golfers are starting. They look like jockeys. (laughs) You know, I've stood next to Rory McIlroy before, and I'm not a tall guy. No, it's crazy. You know who's tiny, too, is, uh, and he's he's disappeared from uh, relevancy on the PGA Tour, and it makes me sad because he's still one of my favorite golfers, is Ricky Fowler. Yeah. Ricky Fowler's tiny, but if you go to some of these tournaments and watch them and stand next to the tee, they generate so much power out of these little bodies and so much swing speed and club head speed. It's crazy to watch, and it's a lot of it's base, right? A lot of it's generating through your legs and using the ground. Yeah, the Golf Channel is highlighted before the bend Zalatoris has in his core. It's by far way above tour average. And you mentioned Ricky Fowler. I think this will be lost in the weekend. And I feel like almost every week, you know, Gabe or Steven have an update on Greg Norman's, you know, Live Golf Tour. Uh, Ricky did not shoot down any potential rumors uh, during his press conference of him joining you know, the, the Saudi tour. Right. I think Ricky is at a point in, in his PGA career right now where it 
doesn't look like he's going to contend anytime soon. Every time he makes a cut, I feel like is a win for Ricky Fowler. And the endorsements are going to stay because I think the endorsements will stay because Ricky spends so much time with those partners, whether it's Mercedes, whether it's Cobra Puma, whether it's Rocket Mortgage. You know, there's some crazy stats out there about the amount of time that Ricky even has for himself throughout, you know, a normal calendar year. So that I think would be the I hate to call it a defection, but Jay Monahan from is. the PGA Tour ha- has made it sound like it'll be a defection. Richard Bland already came out and said, regardless of sanctions, he's 50-plus and sounds like he needs to make some money You know, in his mind. Hey, which, power to you, but Ricky would be the biggest defection because he is what Justin Thomas is now. I think Team USA, he's somebody that has played for... Um, you know, USA Golf and the Olympics. So that would be a major thing to track here, I think, um, over the next couple of weeks because the tour eventually, the Live Golf Tour, will be coming over to the United States. Yeah, it, it makes me sad with Ricky, too, because he was... We talked in our last segment, Nolan, about uh, life after Tiger and capturing the next generation of golf fans. He was the guy. He was the guy that was wearing crazy stuff and had some passion on the golf course and did things away from golf that, like, every golf tournament you went to from 2009 to 2014, the number one thing you'd see people wearing is Tiger Red, and the number two would be those goofy, oversized, bright orange hats and shirts. Like, he was fan favorite number two behind Tiger Woods because everybody thought this is going to be the next guy that captures the next generation's imagination, that wins a couple of majors championships, and does it his way. He doesn't do it as, oh, I have to wear just white and gray on Sunday. I, I can have a little fun and personality with my golf game and have my hair long and wear the flat brim hats and do things different and then be successful. And it makes me sad that it hasn't worked out in that way. And now defection is the right word, Nolan. I think you're you're onto something there. Yeah, and hey, Ricky did what was best for himself at the time. He took the marketing dollars. He made himself marketable. He made himself uh, be memorable and be valuable. They needed, even if when Ricky didn't have exemption in tournaments, he got sponsor exemptions because he sells tickets still to this day. And, and I think there is that everlasting effect of the, the Ricky effect, you know, because Orange was not used in many golf outfits before him. But I think Tiger, you will see, you know, over these next, we'll call them two to five years, depending on how much he plays. He will continue, and it's the, in the best interest of Justin Thomas, as well as Rory McIlroy, who is close with Tiger and played with him Thursday, Friday, to continue this Tiger relationship mm-hmm. because it continues the story. It's almost like a Kobe-MJ thing where they weren't that close, but you know, Kobe or LeBron, they idolized MJ. And right. you know, JT, Jordan Spieth, they've all came out and said you know, they idolized Tiger Woods and the chance to play with him every time is something they'll tell their kids about. So... It's in JT's best interest to, even if Tiger wasn't on the phone yesterday, to tell people that it was Tiger. And it no sounds doubt. like it was. Yeah, exactly so. right. Uh, by the way, Ricky Fowler uh, tied for 23rd uh, at the PGA Championship. So all things considered, that's a pretty good showing based on where he's been the it last three chipped years. chipped in in a bunker yesterday as well. It was probably the, the shot of the day before things really got heated up with the leaders. So, yeah, hopeful is where I would go with Will Zalatoris. Um I think if you're listening to this show, you didn't turn it off. You know, when Tiger you know, <laughs> withdrew on Saturday night, I think you love golf so much that... You know, you were anticipating a cold day on Saturday and yep. Tiger not performing. And hey, you have to forget, I watched on Friday night as Tiger grinded his way to make the cut. Tiger was one of the first guys off on Saturday morning. For so, sure. you know, you were not watching on, you know, national television, Tiger no. Woods shoot a 79. Correct. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit here. So, JT wins. He's going to defend his Wanamaker trophy next year at the PGA Championship. 
in the month of May, because that is the change that the, the PGA has made where the PGA Championship used to be the last one, right? It used to be in August. Um, and you would wrap up the year, and it was warm weather, and that in a lot of ways was perfect for the state of Wisconsin because weather-wise, July and August cooperate really well to host a major championship at a place like Whistling Straits that did it in 2010, that did it again in 2015, uh, and I think Whistling in a lot of ways opened the door for Aaron Hills to open the uh, to host the U.S. Open a couple of years later in 2018, right? So the PGA Championship really kicked down the door for the state of Wisconsin and catapulted bolted us to a new level uh, as a golf state. Now, the PGA is moving up to the month of May. As we all know, not as cooperative from weather perspective, right? However, next year's PGA Championship is in Rochester, New York, my hometown at Oak Hill Country Club. My, uh, my Uncle Dennis was a member at Oak Hill. I've been there many times, not to golf, but just in the clubhouse. It's gorgeous. It's Stealing beautiful. things from the clubhouse Stealing as a young stuff. kid, my right? My entire apartment is just uh, furniture that I've stolen over the years from Oak Hill Country Club. Um, it's gorgeous, but Rochester, New York is not uh, immune from a, a snow squall in the month of May. Like So... Is this a thing, Nolan, that you think, hey, this was already in place, let's get this done, uh, and then move on to some more tropical locales for the PGA in May in the future? Or is this a signal from the PGA say, saying, look, Midwest, whether it's Chicago and Chicagoland area, is it Wisconsin, is it Minnesota, are there courses that we can still make PGA championships work in the month of May, despite the fact that we've bumped it up, can we make this work in some climates that aren't necessarily conducive to great golf conditions in mid-May? Yeah, I never think that Aaron Hills got a fair shot. The wind wasn't, you know, uh, up that week, and you know Brooks Kepka, JT hold out from like two eighty-seven. There's a plaque on eighteen of Aaron yeah, Hills, and it or, rained every night. People forget that the weather was gorgeous at Aaron Hills, but it rained every single night of that tournament, so it softened everything up. So I know, you know, I'm sure the people at Aaron Hills uh, would love another shot. You know, Steve Pease over there and everybody. They've done a great job of getting other tournaments. You know, Marquette, Wisconsin, they hold, you know, a college golf tournament there. There will be some U.S. amateur events. I believe there's a four-ball event there at some point in the upcoming years. Um, I, I think you'll see. I just looked at the calendar. You know, the U.S. Open is pretty much dead set on only rotating through seven or eight courses, it seems like, for the, the next roll. 80 years. Um, but the next... You know, just potential opening would be 2027. That is labeled for Frisco. Mm -hmm. Frisco is unique because that is supposed to be the future home of PGA of America, which is currently in Palm Beach Gardens. Made a big deal before the pandemic about moving their corporate headquarters to Frisco. A bunch of land owned by Jerry Jones and other wealthy, you know, Texas, you know, probably billionaires. If Frisco doesn't have a location right now, they don't have a golf course. So for some reason... If a golf course wasn't built by then, I think you should look at courses in the Midwest. You know, the BMW Championship uh, in a couple months, that has now started to bounce around. That's connected to the Western Amateur, which you know has its roots set in Illinois. That's going to be out east again this year. I believe it'll be in Delaware. Um, but for years, that was in the Chicagoland area, and I would love you know, for that to come up to Aaron Hills. I think it would be awesome because then you would avoid, Brian, the, you know, May in Rochester, New York, does not sound great. And will it set a trend? I think it could actually go the other way. You know, everyone complained a couple of years ago about the Super Bowl being in Minneapolis when it was zero. Yeah. And now you're, you know, everyone complained about the Super Bowl being in New York when it was freezing, mm -hmm. you know, Broncos, Seahawks. So I, I think um, 
Midwest and Northeast golf fans should have their fingers crossed because after that, you're going to Valhalla in Kentucky. It's going to be hot. It'll oh, be yeah. scorcher there uh, in May. Then Quill Hollow. Uh, where JT won his first major and with the site of the President's Cup this year. It'll be gorgeous there. And then Aronimac in you know Newtown Square, PA, that's a famous golf course. Mm-hmm. Of course, the PGA wants to go back there. So other than that, other than a few years, it's booked out till 2034. Eesh. So there's a couple kind of leap years in there right now between, you know, in the late 2030s, uh, which seems very far away. But So far away. Yeah, uh, I mean... Beth Page, you know, has been cold before when they've hosted majors. Yeah. Uh, when Brooks Kepko ran away with it a couple of years ago, you remember it was pretty chilly on Sunday. So, you know, I think that's what makes the sport of golf so great is it's not all played in the Sun Belt and Florida and Texas and California and Hawaii. So, yeah, I would love one of these big tournaments to give Wisconsin a shot. I actually know nothing. But I think, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Live Golf Tour decided to, you know, come to some of these sites. Um, that aren't getting access right now. But a lot of times, you know, people that belong to country clubs, male and females, they want to play their golf course. I was at the Wells Fargo Championship a couple weeks ago. They hosted uh, that at TPC Potomac in D.C. The members started hitting off of mats on January 1st. So almost five months ahead of a golf tournament, they couldn't hit off the fairway. You know, they don't probably want that at nice golf courses in Wisconsin. And next year, you know, the U.S. Senior Open will be at Century World in the Stevens Point area. A lot of rumors about Sand Valley not even wanting a tournament. So I think you just got to find the right place. And I would love to watch, you know, major championship golf at Aaron Hills again. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's the best up there. And uh, we enjoy every time we get to make a trek uh, up to there into Whistling as well. So many great uh, locations and, and courses across the great state of Wisconsin. Speaking of cold weather golf, our good buddy and regular host of this show, Gabe Neitzel, is currently in Scotland, bouncing all over the country over there, playing every course he could possibly play, including St. Andrews. We will check in with Gabe Neitzel on the other side. This is On the Tee on 94.5 ESPN. Brian D. and Nolan Murphy in for Gabe and Steven. No ifs, ands, or putts. There's more On the Tee with Gabe and Steven coming up on 94.5 ESPN. Four, it's On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. I can't get out of here without asking an Alabama-related question. Uh, Nick Saban has a 24-hour rule. Mm -hmm. How long does the Justin Thomas celebrate the PGA Championship rule? Yeah, I got a 24-hour rule. Um... Yeah, maybe I'm not sure what Jimbo Fisher's rule is, but I guess he's got to win something first before he figures out his rules. So, um. Savage. That's your PGA champion, Justin Thomas, noted Alabama Crimson Tide fan. Shots fired by JT, courtesy, For sure. yeah, courtesy of Sirius XM right there. Yes. Uh, yeah, JT, Justin Thomas, huge Alabama football fan. He's an Alabama alum and had to uh, kind of stir uh, the drink a little bit on the biggest story, I think, over the weekend in sports, Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban going at each other. Uh, so yeah. definitely some fun there, and I'm sure he loved that. And I think, JT, from the videos I've seen post-Ryder Cup, 
post first major. He will probably celebrate this one a little bit longer than 24 hours. Those golfers, when you get on the private jets, they go a little harder. Yo, for sure. And you, anytime you get a trophy that you can fill up with some sort of liquid, it just slaps a little bit harder, right? I have touched the Wanamaker Trophy before. Was not supposed to, but was at the PGA Village in South Florida, and I literally touched the Wanamaker Trophy. Have no idea if it was the real one because the players, you know, that trophy is like the Larry O'Brien Trophy. You know, it just it it doesn't go to each individual. You get a duplicate basically when oh. you win it. It's not like you get to keep it for the year either. Wait, so I I don't know how this works, and we're going to get to Gabe Knightzel in Scotland momentarily. Um, the, there's one chief Larry O'Brien trophy, and then they make replicas for everybody else. Yeah, okay, oh so yeah, there's yeah. one real one, and then everybody else. It's gets in that Louis Vuitton box that they yeah, wheel yeah, yeah. out. Yeah. Um, I so believe... that's that's the one. Yeah. Really? Uh, maybe not with the Larry O'Brien, but I feel they like they don't make the... a new one every year. I feel like that's an Eric name question. That's, that's a, a great, great Eric, Eric name <laughs> athletic story right there. And he's going to be filling in for Ben Brust and Scalzo and Brust Wednesday through Friday, Friday this week on 94.5 ESPN. So we will get the answer then. Um, all right, right now, Gabe Neitzel, regular host of the show. By the way, Brian D. Nolan Murphy in for Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson. This is On the Tee. Gabe is doing what we would all love to be doing right now. He's on a once-of-a-lifetime golf trip. He's playing golf, drinking in pubs. Somewhere across the pond, He's England, in Scotland, Scotland. He's yeah, somewhere in Great Britain. He's had this trip planned with Tony Smith. Tony Smith, over uh, by the way, is over there with him. They had this trip planned pre-pandemic. Yep. And then the pandemic hit, and they had to put it off and push it back, and they finally got around to it. So it's time for our course review. This is always brought to us by our friends at Waste Management. Let's check in across the pond with Gabe Neitzel with a couple of course reviews. Take a listen. Big shout out to my guys, Brian D, Nolan Murphy, for filling in for me and Steven this week. Week of a major, exciting, exciting finish yesterday. We stayed up past midnight local time in Scotland, a bunch of the guys I'm on the trip with, to watch JT win. But now, big shout out to our friends over at Waste Management for bringing you this course review. I've played two of the six courses so far over here at Scotland. Um, we've played Kings Barnes, um, which is hosting the Alfred Dunhill coming up. Uh, it's a European tour event, DP Tour World event. Uh, coming up in October and just played Castle Course, which is one of the many properties that the St. Andrews Lynx has. Uh, very excited about all of them as uh, Kings Barnes really reminded me a lot of Whistling Straits, just kind of the way it, la- it laid out. Some of the holes along the ocean, it, it just really did remind me of, of the Straits. So that was pretty cool. Castle Course was a lot of fun. Highly recommend taking a, a caddy. Shout out to my guy, Kenny. Really directed me around the course well. Favorite holes, uh, the ninth and 18th. It's a double green that kind of meet at a point that are right out over the ocean. I'll probably be tweeting out some pictures from my account um, over the course of the next couple days. But I'm really excited. Tomorrow is the old course day. Uh, still four more courses to play over here in Scotland. So let's get you back to our guys, Brian D. and Nolan Murphy. There you go. That's Gabe Neitzel from across the pond with your course reviews presented by Waste Management. Shout out to our guy, Kenny. And I did some correspondence with Gabe's traveling partner, Tony Smith. Uh-huh. I asked, what was the scoreboard looking like? Tony beat Gabe on Sunday. Which, but Gabe came back what would have been maybe, you know, we'll call it Monday here in the central time zone. Uh, so it sounds like it's 1-1, and I'm sure, you know, there'll be a little trash talking, I think, when we come back. Gabe definitely hits it a lot farther than Tony. For but sure. he is more, Tony's more surgical, I would say, than Gabe needs to be. Gabe, I, Gabe is a driver wedge guy. He, he totally. looks like a guy out on tour. So. I think that's fair. I'm really curious to see, and you heard Gabe allude to it, I'm curious to see how things shake out at the old course. Like, that's that's... 
That's what we're over here for. Like, we can go around all these castle courses. Yeah, with Kenny or whatever. Well, yeah. Kenny's going to be the caddy. We're going to drink some beers in the pub and stay up after midnight to watch JT win. Yada, yada, yada. I want to see both of these dudes, Tony Smith and Gabe Knight, so get a real good night's sleep ahead of the old course and then go out and play this thing like it's Sunday at the Open and somebody's hoisting the claret jug at the end. Yeah, that would be fun. And uh, Gabe tweeting out pictures. I, I can't wait. You know, that'll follow, be awesome. Follow him at G Knightsel 16, and we'll get updates from Scotland uh, throughout the rest of the week here. Gabe will be returning uh, over the weekends. All right, one last note here, Nolan, on, on the tee, and I, I threw this on the show sheets for you and for producer Max Meyerson, and I gave you no heads up as to what my personal family golf dilemma was, but we've got 90 seconds to break it down here. Two weeks ago, I got a text from my brother. My brother's a year and a half older than me. Uh, and all the text was was a photo of an Augusta National scorecard. Wow. That was, the, that was it. There was no text, no nothing. It was just a photo of an Augusta National scorecard. So naturally, my response was, what the hell is that? Right? Like, that's, that's, uh, like my mind immediately started spinning going, oh, my God, oh, my God, is this real? Oh, my God, are you driving there right now? What is happening? Long story short, he has a work connection that has extended an invite for him to play Augusta National in October, which is... Like, if somebody called me right now in the middle of the show, I would just turn my mic off and start sprinting. It's a money you can't buy you just, experience. You just, it's wow. a, it's a, I can't even imagine what it goes for I'm an being auction. married on August 5th. If I get a call August 4th that I have to play Augusta August 5th, I got to find a way to make it happen, right? Like, you just... You, you find you, somebody to fill in for the wedding. Yeah. That's, like yeah. No, Max, do you want to <laughs> fill in and marry my fiance for me? We'll figure it out. Um, so, I don't, I don't know how to react to this. In, in in 50 seconds, how do I react? Am I just elated for my brother? Am I envious? Is this like trying to assume the like the king back in England where I have to like off my brother and then I assume his tea time? How does this work? I mean, I'd feel I'd be like, dude, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard in my entire I life. Know, you I'm, enjoy taking as many pictures as you can. Tell me all about it. Tell me about the 12th, the 13th. I need to know everything. Yes. I would definitely be extremely jealous. But at the same time, man, you got to feel good for your brother. For sure. right? I think it's a little both. I think you got to go on the all-time guilt assault here. I mean, every time you talk to him between now and October, uh, you know, two weeks ago, Gabe played Aaron Hills, and leading up to someone that was going to play with him, I was like, hey, guys, if anybody can't play Aaron on Monday, you know, I kind of blocked off my schedule. It it was kind of a get stuff done on the to-do list day work-wise. Never got the call. But, yeah, I think you go on an assault. Guilt-wise, every time you know maybe you're having a beer with him, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we both played? Augusta? <laughs> yeah, just, like just out of nowhere. Yeah, so, that's just, the move. Just tie. That's I think that's the play. I think that's the play for sure. Uh, whenever he does end up playing Augusta, we will certainly have him here on on the tee to recap the entire experience. Because let's be frank about it, not a lot of hope, uh, a whole lot of people get to have that experience. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. This has been on the tee. Brian D. Nolan Murphy in for Gabe and Steven on 94.5 ESPN. It's all about the drive on on the.